You're listening to the iRacers Lounge Podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I'm your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Chris Scales, Greg Hectus, Tony Groves, and Will Gibson. Hey, guys. How you doing? Uh, good evening. Uh, all right, we made it to a new night. We're on Thursday nights now, and uh, thank you to the listeners as we adjust to my work schedule and everybody else who's involved. I do appreciate that very much. Let's jump right into Dover NIS NASCAR iRacing Series results. Uh, let's start with uh, Wednesday fixed. Man, I almost, I was close. P2. And I'm really proud of that P2. Man, I can't believe it. I was involved in a wreck, but it wasn't much damage. There was tons of attrition in that race. I ended up restarted with two to go in third. I got up to second, but the I couldn't get the leader. He was gone, and it wasn't enough for the win, but very, very proud of that run. Uh, Wednesday opened that night, P3. I backed it up with a P3. I got wrecked out, actually, with three minutes... Uh, Damage, got it fixed, raced my way back up to third, and was in a similar position I was with a you know late restart. I you know in position to win. I, I wasn't gonna win it, but man, still a two good results. Uh Chris, you ran that night as well, uh seventeen laps down, but P nine, how does that work out? <laughs> All the races and in, in my splits were high attrition races. This last week, but yeah, that one that one sucked because I I wrecked myself and another guy. After I had warned everybody about how bad the restarts had been on that concrete track, and <laughs> after I warned everybody, I ended up spinning myself out on the restart. That's kind of the way i racing is. Is it you? If you don't knock on wood, you're gonna get bit, and you got bit by that. Yeah, yeah, I, I was. Um, I started in second because I was up towards the front. I think I was running like fourth, and it started to break loose. I let off of it, and I got back on it. It was still breaking. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I, I think I, I wrecked three times before I finally wrecked, and sure enough, took out myself and another guy. Yeah, there's certainly an art to it to uh, restart at Dover without spinning your tires. Uh, I think I'm short-shifting a little bit. I'm not getting the revs up real high, uh, You know, going going to third quicker than I normally would. And uh, Atlanta, Dover, yeah, these tracks, it happens. Yeah, I'm terrible about with three starts anyway, so usually I have no problem going slow on a restart, but for whatever reason on that one, I, I couldn't do it. Right, who else ran Wednesday? I think that's it. Uh, Thursday uh, open, uh, Chris, you did that. Somehow started the race three laps down, huh? Yeah, I can't remember what happened at the beginning of it. I can't remember. I think my computer froze, but there was something... That caused me to have to restart, and yeah, I started the race three laps down, um, got a couple wave rounds, got a lucky dog. I was finally on the lead lap, and I was going to race David Flowers, my teammate, who had been racing um, up toward the, I think, probably top 10, top 15 the whole race, and I made it a whole lap or two, and then David bit the wall off turn four, bounced off the inside, and ended up taking me out. Never good with teammates. No, it was, it was a bad, bad situation. But it was a bad situation for him because he got picked on all week. So I think I still um, 
ended up on the good end of that one. <laughs> I remember making, uh, seeing all the over the messenger how much we were brazzing them all night. Whoops. All right. Well, then, uh, Chris, you also ran Thursday fix and Friday open P20 and P9. A, a, a P9 with 29 laps down. Yeah, there uh, again, was one. I'm kind of puzzled. <laughs> yeah, at one point, I think I was 31 laps down and got the lucky dog. <laughs> and I said it was those, particularly early in the week. We had tons and tons of attrition in those lower splits. That's amazing. Um, all right, then Saturday fixed afternoon uh, P8. Uh, your I think that's your best result of the week there in NIS fixed. Yeah, yeah, that was actually a pretty good um, race towards the end. I was running in the top 10, and there was uh, I had a little bit more to give. I think I could have got a top five out of that one, but I got behind a couple guys racing, and they just they had blocked up the whole track, and it just wasn't worth pushing it after the week I'd had. I was pretty good with top 10 on the lead lap for a change. Yeah. Uh, nobody has topped my second or third yet until Greg, he got up to uh, finish fourth. You almost got there on Sunday Open. Yeah, well. It was the only race I was able to race last week because I uh, had a busy week last week. Yes, congratulations, by the way. Yeah, it was, uh, I appreciate that, but it was uh, one of the scariest weeks, too. So, I not easy with uh, childbirth, I guess. My wife, uh, she's recovering now, but it was uh, pretty scary for the moment on that day. Just well, I'm sure she did it. all the hard work, right? <laughs> yeah. She still always does the hard work. She's the only reason that we are allowed to do these type of things. Yeah, it's really it's awesome that you have them both home, man. Well, that's cool, but you still got a racing in the week, so I commend you, uh, even with everything that was going on uh, with the new baby. Uh, congrats with that. Uh, but the fourth, uh, not too bad, uh, but you said you drove to the front twice. Yeah, I... If I remember correctly, I think I caused one of my own normal spins that I normally do by myself. And I got involved in another wreck, and I went to the back twice, got all the damage fixed, and, just, you know, it's a long race, so, you you, you know, you can work it. If, as long as people drive okay. I know it was uh, long runs, which helped. The, the setup I was running was really good on the long run. It it was really a luck kind of week, too. I mean, because it was so easy to get caught up in other people's stuff. Uh, Chris, uh, your quote from that day was, same story, different day. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was literally the same thing. I uh, salvaged a P9 a bunch of laps down after getting into some guy that bounced off the turn four wall. And you're right, because you, if you're lucky enough to not be that close to the wreck when they hit the wall and you don't catch them then, they're probably going to go across the track ricochet off the inside wall come back out off the you know up the track like a pinball and it's it's kind of a crapshoot on which you know do i go high do i go low where are they going to end up yeah, yeah david flowers uh same story he had the same thing where he got caught up uh, he finished p11 uh many laps down e9 a eh, chris that seems to be your uh average for the week Yep. <laughs> yeah, that was just yeah, that was the where a guy would finish if he decided to finish the race with his beat up <laughs> race car, basically. Yeah, so I was real happy with Dover, um, and you know, then on to Kansas. Uh, we'll talk about that next week. Uh, then we have the off week coming up. So, uh, 
Let's jump over to Road to Pro. Uh, you, uh, Chris, you ran that with me. Uh, I got a P25, got caught up in a wreck, had nine minutes optional. You got a P11. That's not too bad. No, I had a pretty good race, actually, and um, we had a late race restart and had a good chance to run up there with the leaders, but I got a terrible restart as usual and um, got passed by a couple of guys. Yeah, I've just had horrible luck in the Road to Pro, which is a truck series, which is every Tuesday night, and uh, it's just not been going well. Luck-wise, I always seem to have a bad result uh, in that particular series for some reason. Now that I'm uh, my schedule has changed, I'm actually not going to be running that series anymore because I'll be working uh, when they run that race. It's a fun race to run. I don't really have, obviously I'm not, you know, pro material so i don't have a dog in that hunt but it's fun to run those races with so many trucks on the track you don't get to do that very often that's the thing there's a lot of people so that's why they're yeah get a lot of splits and all that uh let's talk official will uh you got a p3 in a truck race yeah i was um got off work late hopped on chris and i jumped in a truck race and i drove around the back most of the race dodging all the wrecks and about I think lap 35 out of 55, I decided to get racy and made it through a pretty big wreck on a restart, went 10th to 5th, used a little pitch strategy there, and just ran a good clean race at the end, so I was really proud of that, and it's my best official finish on uh, oval track outside of dirt, so I'm really proud about that. Yeah, you put up a nice video on Reddit uh, over iRacing Reddit page. Yeah, I got a lot of views too and likes, uh, but uh, pretty pretty uh, good driving. Looks like you were, uh, you know, that's one of those luck things, right? Well, I kind of spun the tires a little bit on myself, and it gave me just enough of a cushion that I saw they started a wreck, and I just kind of timed it as well as I could. There was definitely a ton of luck involved, but you got to kind of be aware there is a wreck to even know to kind of pay attention, so... I would say it was like 85% luck, uh, 15% skill, maybe. <laughs> All right, cool. Now tell us what happened with Hosted. Uh, you guys ran a Hosted race for the, uh, the po- uh, you know, sponsored by the podcast. Yeah, we um, were talking about it on social media. We wanted to do something different. Um, I usually have the Tuesday off for the podcast, and with the schedule change and everything, I thought it would be fun to host the race. Um it didn't go exactly to plan. Um, we did the Cadillacs at Talladega, which are a ton of fun, and we have a great setup that provides great racing. But uh, we had a ton of entrance, and with the heat race format, it was just too long between races, which was kind of unfortunate. But it, uh, we um, had a blast. Tony finished P2 in reverse in his heat. Um, eventually, we scrapped that because there was um, that weird issue you went into limbo. Um, waiting for the pace car and everything when not enough people qualify for the consolation race. So we started a fresh race up, 30 laps, and it actually came down to a .000 finish. So uh, a lot of good pitch strategy, great racing. I want to congratulate uh, John Combs uh, for picking up that win and Jack Wall for a solid P2. They battled really hard, really clean at the end there, and it was uh, a lot of fun. That is a great combination. Uh, John Combs actually posted up a picture on Facebook of the finish, and it literally is a photo finish. I mean, it's like literally like an inch or two. Yeah, they um, 
Jack, I think, took only fuel on the pit stop, and everybody else took uh, tires, so he was uh, kind of in his own world, and I think it was Andre who finished, I think, P5 was drafting uh, with Jonathan, and they were just in a train racing their way up, and uh, Andre, I think I'm going to pronounce that wrong, Andre, he ran out of fuel, but he warned him, like, hey, I'm about to run out of fuel, get a run, he caught a good run, caught to the back of Jack, and they drag race side by side, leaning on each other at the finish line, and it was, um, it was just good, hard, clean racing, like, I don't think okay. I've ever seen a point zero, but zero, I have a zero. question. I'm, there was something getting lost in translation because I had heard through the Facebook Messenger that Tony Grove somehow finished second going in reverse trying to do some kind of Talladega Nights impression. Uh, that was in his heat race in the uh, original <laughs> race we hosted. Yeah, he um, he ran a super clean heat race, really smart, dodged all the wrecks, um, got a run coming out of four. The guy kind of pushed him up to the wall. They made a made some contact and then next thing you know he's in the middle of the trial vol in backwards i'm like hey throw that thing in reverse and go and he threw in reverse and the camera angle i had was perfect and it looked like he was gonna win and then this car came limping by going like 70 miles an hour at best up along the fence and took the win from him but that that was tony's heat race we're all encouraging him to go backwards it looked like it looked Talladega Nights because you have Tony's car going backwards, skimp against the wall, and then you have the guy that comes and passes him for the lead, limping along. <laughs> how did that? Uh, how that finish look from um, that rear view camera? Don't, don't those cars have the, the rear view cameras, Tony? Yes, they do. Uh, no, actually, there was no rear view camera. I was trying to do it all in my in my mirror, so. Um, I got a nice view of the wall because I kind of rode the wall the the whole stretch back. But um, yeah, I mean, I, I what do they call that? Is it is it like a crossover move I threw on the guy? Um, man, that was that was just awesome. Uh, it's too bad it didn't finish out the way I wanted it to, but uh, I think it was a little entertaining to say the least. <laughs> I finished the way I wanted it to. I'm okay. sorry it didn't turn out your the way you wanted. It to. I'm post. I'm posting in the forums tomorrow to see a poll if we can get the guys if there's a button to get your driver out of the car to run across the line. Well, at least maybe in the next update they can put a higher second gear or higher reverse gear in there because, uh, yeah, it was, it was slow. <laughs> can we can we have him on fire and he says, "Oprah, save me." <laughs> All right, well, let's jump move on. I've got the peak series. Uh, disastrous strategy for Mr. Logan Clampett opens the door for Keegan Leahy at Kansas. Uh, Keegan picks up his second win of the season as Logan runs out of fuel with eight to go. How do you run out of fuel with eight to go? I mean, I can understand two to go and maybe three, but eight? I think he was, uh, if you watch the way that that uh, last, I think was, it was probably like a hundred lap stretch. I watched the whole race. He was... Pushing the clutch in, coasting around the corner. I think he was hoping for, because he had so many guys a lap down on the first one, he was hoping for a, a caution at some point to keep them a lap down so they'd have to go the wave around and not have tires so that they could have, it would go in his favor. He was going to be, a, I think he was going to finish in the top 10 anyways if he was just took tires and took the same fuel that Ke- uh, um, he, he was, uh, Keegan Lee he was going to uh, have. But, it was uh, 
it was an odd race the way it finished because it went green the rest of the way and and Logan when he went on pit road he just he lost it too trying to get onto pit road and he wrecked his car too. Yeah, the highlight reel I saw he hit the apron or something and then ended up going down pit road because of it. Um, he lost control and I guess his race was over at that point. Well, his last ten or like two or three laps before he pitted. He was stuck on the outside. He just kept cars that had new tires that just kept passing him. So he could never get down. And when he finally got an opening, he went down. He kind of went down on the apron, back up, and then down on the apron again, which kind of just lost, turned the car sideways. All right, cool. All right, let's get into a new one, uh, the World of Outlaw Sprint Car Championship. Will, tell us what happened. Yeah, Adam Elby um, held off Alex Bergeron to win the first ever iRacing World of Outlaw Championship race. Um, Alex Bergeron was the early favorite, got some damage early in the race, fell back, I think, to third or fourth. Um, It was really great racing between Adam Elby and Tim Ryan, uh, but some late lap cautions and uh, a rough restart for Ryan kind of left the door open for Adam and um, Bergeron. But yeah, it was a great, great race to watch. And Elby is a real driver, right? Uh, you know, I believe so. Um, yeah, I think I looked him up briefly this week. Um, it was the first time I had heard his name. And, yeah, I do believe he is a real dirt car driver. So, and As well as several people in the field, including uh, McKinney. Yeah, and it was, um, it was fun to watch. I kind of wrote like a little editorial here of what I thought of it. Um, they, I feel like iRacing is doing an amazing job with uh, dirt and sim racing because there hasn't been a good dirt sim for what feels like over a decade. Um, but I feel like this series is, series is a bit rushed. Um, there was a lot of issues with the qualifiers, and a lot of the issues that the dirt people and the dirt community have talked about are really highlighted in the series. Um, the b- biggest thing that caught my eye was the amount of caution flag laps. The main event was great racing when they were racing, but in a 30-lap race, when 15 of the laps are under caution, it kind of takes away from it. Um, I think iRacing has something very special right now, and I feel like if they do the right things, this is going to be one of the most competitive series in iRacing. Um, but they really need to have a good, open communication as far as what they're working on and what their priorities are um, to keep people motivated and interested Obviously, there is the cash prize, which everybody's going to want. But if you want to bring in those real-life dirt drivers and have the crossover and good growth and grow the audience, they really need to be open, communicate, and they really need to work on things such as the tire wear, the caution system, the way the they have set feel and just a better overall dynamic track. So I think it's really good, but it can be better as long as iRacing kind of keeps open communication. Yeah, uh, I don't know if it needs cautions or not, but when half of it is under caution, that sure, certainly seems to be a problem. Uh, watching the coverage on the YouTube, I mean, they have a great broadcaster, obviously, and it's fun to watch. Yeah, a traditional dirt track race doesn't ca- count caution flag laps. So say it goes caution on lap five, when you go back under green, it's lap five, and in iRacing right now, if you have a caution lap 5, you're going racing on lap 10. So in a 30-lap race, it's really easy to lose time under um, 
lose laps under caution. I think once they get to Lima Land, I think that's going to be a really big shower because that's a really small track. And I don't know. I just think that, that that needs to be their priority. They need to announce it and figure out a timeline on what's going to happen. All right. Uh, Tony, tell us about Global Red Bull GRC World Championship. We got some news. Yeah, we got some news, and it's uh, it's actually some pretty big news. Um, so tonight, there is uh, um, Race Spot TV that scheduled a stream ad for the for the first pro race. Um, well, that's uh, that's that's not going to happen as of yet. Uh, Tyler Hudson posted up on the uh, up on the forum stating that um, people were asking what's going on, and he said, uh, details will be released soon. The series has been put on hold until likely June. So um, there, there's definitely uh, quite a bit of stuff going on behind the scenes. Um, and they could, I guess, maybe just still sorting through things and figuring out what they can and can't talk about. But um, they're, they're usually pretty good about uh, keeping us updated. Um, but this one, this, this one they've, been, they've been very quiet on. Um, yeah. Yeah, we don't know if Red Bull is still involved or not, um, or GRC as a series, are they involved or not? I mean, there's a lot of unanswered questions. Um, we we have a lineup that's going to run for this uh, championship. I I understand everyone's been picked, you know, and they have their black license and ready to go, but looks like June, so anyway, we heard that. Yeah, I mean, what do you think, like, you know they they've they've said absolutely nothing really up to this point about anything and if they're going to wait until june now could uh possibly be a, a rebranding for the series well it could be i mean that's why it might take be taking time i mean that would make the most logical sense they're trying to bring in a different sponsor to pick it up or maybe it's that other series where the cars went because you got to remember we're running the cars that are running in a different series now yeah, yeah, absolutely, and I want to. Maybe that's that's why things are have have been so hush hush because usually they're they're right on top of things and and you know always keeping us in the loop. But, okay, uh, is that build maybe in June? Isn't the build coming out in June? Yeah, June is the big build. So, well, Chris, you might have another clue here about it. GRC, tell us what you got. Yeah, so the our next topic is. Um... Uh, Instagram post from Travis Pastrana. He posts a pic saying that when iRacing official shows up to install multiple machines, and it's just a picture of the iRacing van sitting out in front of his house. And so, uh, any any idea why Travis Pastrana might be getting involved in iRacing? It seems like his stuff will be right up his alley. He's, well, what uh, car does he drive? The Subaru, Subaru driver. There you go. Yeah, and we were told the Subaru would be coming, right? Yeah, I feel like um, the June build is going to be obviously in June. They're pushing this to June. Travis Pastrana is the main driver for Subaru's Rallycross team, and he was their champion last year in the American Rallycross Championship. So I would not be surprised if we get the Subaru maybe a week or two before the championship starts. It rebrands with the American Rallycross Championship, and Travis Pastrana is a big supporter and pusher for it. Um, that would be, be a reason to thinking. push it to June, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Well, I, think, I guess you, we'll see. Do you think they might? Uh, I mean, there's a possibility Subaru 
you know, they're a big sponsor too sometimes for stuff. Like maybe they I, sponsor it. I have to be honest, like I don't follow um rally racing much, but when I as somebody that doesn't follow it much, when I think of that car, I think of Travis Pastrana and I think of that Subaru because of all the crazy stuff he's done in it. So I think it would be a good fit if I racing brings him in. All right, next topic. Uh, John Hammer is back uh, posting setups on the forum after being off a couple weeks with computer troubles. I think he had to order a new power supply or got one under warranty sent from China. Had to wait for it or something along those lines. And uh, he did put out some setups uh, on the forums, uh, trying to help the people in the A car with this Max Camber problem that hopefully will be resolved with the new version of tire that comes out in the June build. Uh, version tire seven i believe it's called so thanks to john for doing that and uh i know some of us on our team were running some of those sets too trying them out his sets are really quick i just don't i'm not a good enough driver to be able to drive them in the long run because like the, we had tested out the some ones that he had for this week and i just it's kind of a, a similar similar story Gets um, too loose. I, like, yeah, for me, yeah, I'll get 20 laps into it, and I, it just gets too loose for me, and I'll end up wrecking it. They're so yeah, fast. Yeah, you got to be able to not wreck it. That's the first step, right? Yeah, yeah, they should come with a caution warning. It's like you have to be able to drive a race car before you can drive this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Will, what do you got next? So this week, um, you might have noticed there was a, some new iRacing uh, apparel and merchandise. Um, iRacing and R&R Enterprises teamed up to bring some new iRacing merchandise. Um, most of the merchandise at the moment is geared to the dirt side of iRacing, specifically Oval. Um, and this was addressed by Doug Hunt Jr. in the forum, stating, There will be more coming as we move forward. We are actively working with R&R to come up with cool new designs. We started with dirt because R&R has a large dirt race following, and it's a lot quicker of an approval process when we're the only logo involved in the shirt. So um, some really, really cool gear. I want to pick some up. Yeah. Um, it's wow. probably it the best great. merch yet. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. High-quality stuff. The hat, there's a black and white kind of trucker hat. I, I, I kind of been eyeing that, but I don't know if I'm into the whole black and white thing. But uh, And I'm not into the flat hat thing either. So. Yeah, I just moved to... Um, North Carolina, and in California, you're supposed to have a plate on the front of your car, and in North Carolina, you're not. But the way my car set up, it would look stupid if I put nothing there. I think I'm going to get that iRacing um, license plate frame and put that on the front of my car. Yeah, that looks cool. It's got a, a winged uh, car on it, you know, and it's got the iRacing logo and lots of colors, red, white, and blue. You can get a decal, a can koozie, or bottle koozie. You can get a coffee cup. Uh, they got a poster, hats, um, you name it, t-shirts, uh, hoodies. Uh, the t-shirts look really good. I mean, I'm impressed. This is the best quality we've seen. Uh, the website is r-rracewear.com. Check it out. The sweaters look really good, too. Yeah. And uh, I'd like to see it uh, expand, you know. Let's see some oval pavement kind of shirt or something. It's all dirt related, everything. Yeah, pretty cool. Okay, what's next? 
Tony. Uh, yeah, Greg Hill, uh, the I, iRacing VP of Art and Production, threw up a tweet um, about uh, Belle Isle and uh, he's saying he's, uh, it offered a lot of fun opportunities um, for, well, what the heck does he call this, photogrammetry. Um, but he's real excited to release this track to iRacing in June. And he threw up some pictures, um, and there's uh, there's a statue. Is, I don't know who the statue is, and I don't even know. Um, but uh, looks like it's a pretty popular statue with a dog and um, a boy. Now he's got this already into into the Bell Isle, throwing some pictures up, uh, um, and man, oh man, the detail is uh absolutely phenomenal um, yeah there's one picture where there's a, a side by side with the real picture of the real statue and you can't really tell the difference i mean it is uh, stunning how well it looks um i haven't i don't have the track but it's apparently you can if you're out of the track you could go find this it's somewhere the statue is somewhere at this track Yeah, pretty cool. It's cool that they put all that work into it. The bad thing is, is that you have to, if I'm racing, I'm not. You'll never see all it, that right? Crap. Yeah, you almost have to just kind of cruise around and to. Well, and, and that's the thing. He's putting time into it. That is it really needed? No, but it's a nice touch. Yeah, the cool. That they do it. Thing that I noticed where that would become, you know, relevant would be like you know starts of race when they're broadcast because of. Watching that Kansas race, they, you know, moving around the track and seeing things on the outside of the track that I'd never notice when I'm racing while you're watching the broadcast is kind of different, right? Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Yeah, if you're watching a broadcast, you're going to want to see all that stuff. That plus it's just cool having that attention to detail, um, especially when you're like just practicing in, in an Oculus or any kind of VR. There's times I'll just kind of cruise and just look around and enjoy the view. These tracks are so beautifully done. Just the attention to detail is phenomenal. Like Lamar. Um, yeah, yeah Lamar's got all that crazy. detail, you know. Or... Well, pretty cool. Uh, okay, Chris, you had the big story of the week. Yeah, it's definitely the biggest story in my opinion. And maybe that's just me being hopeful. But the, the story is NASCAR launches youth eSports series on iRacing. I'm just going to read this article because there's some important information here. Um, but this was posted in uh, on NASCAR.com on their front page, I believe, yesterday. The NASCAR announced today the formation of the Youth Esports Racing Series, the first esports competition created to attract and identify young talent. The Youth Series will be open to participants ages 13 to 16 worldwide. The inaugural 12-week season is slated to kick off in June. The regular season, comprised of the first eight events, will be open to all participants. The 50 racers accumulating the most points over the regular season will qualify to compete in four-week playoffs. The top 30 in points after the playoffs will advance to the final championship event at the iconic Martinsville Speedway. The season will include a mix of single and heat race formats. Participants can register today on nascar.com forward slash iRacing. And this is so cool. And uh, my phone was just blowing up all day yesterday. Um, not only... Um, News from NASCAR, but you also had racers and iRacers like uh, I Majeski, Christopher Bell. You had guys uh, tweeting out about this stuff all day. It's really cool. You guys think this is finally NASCAR um, making a push to, to make a, a big esport out of iRacing? 
Isn't uh, I was gonna ask? Isn't uh, I think Dave is trying to go get his birth certificate changed so he can register, isn't he? <laughs> there I wish you go. I could. Uh, this sounds like a really cool series. I mean, big opportunity. Yeah, a really big opportunity for these kids. And then if you throw away just the the fact that this is a, just a, a race for these kids coming up, and toss that away, and just the way that they have this format set out set out set up sounds um, like a lot of fun. With the heat racing mixed in and all this, I mean, it's really cool. I think it's NASCAR realizing that they know where the, they need to go is the youth movement, and that's where they're trying, right? Like they're I hope trying so. to get the younger, a younger brand in there because look at all the people that are racing right now or moving up from my racing into the bigger races. Yeah, they've they've got to find a younger demographic, and it just seems like um, as an esport, NASCAR and I racing are just so perfect. It would be. Uh, entertain to watch and participate in i think a lot of the other esports that are out there right now now nascar pushed it pretty hard on social media i don't think the nascar media really picked up on it though from what i saw so i'm kind of bummed about that yeah the problem is i think we still a lot of our uh nascar media still doesn't get it too i mean we saw that with the jeff gluck deal a little while back right yeah they NASCAR, still don't get it the nascar media was focused on some one thing this week and one thing only what the points and all that uncumbered wins that and the uh, uh, nascar the sale next, yeah we'll talk about that in a one. minute uh i we got more information as well from Otto, who is on the uh iRacing staff he says this youth series is in no way intended to replace the peak series it is in addition to and not in place of the peak series remains the very top premier nascar esport platform and big things are in the works which hopefully will be implemented in 2019 Understand that we have the best platform for both of these series. NASCAR understands and appreciates this. There are so many things in the works and even more people working diligently to make sure that the iRacing service and the series it hosts gets the best exposure possible. Do your best and hopefully either or both of these series will lead to something that you strive for. Good luck to all. That just sounds so promising right there. That does, man. That is so cool. I'm trying not to get my hopes up, but it's honestly, I mean, it sounds like the beginning of what we've been waiting for for a while. Could you, could you imagine, though, like if it went, you know, you're saying it's like a fourth division just below the truck series or something like that, as that they push, like the exposure that some of these guys that are just racing right now that were just, you know, becoming a pro and it could change into something huge overnight for them. Now, Tony Gardner also posted up a bunch of details about it. Prizes will include a NASCAR trophy and other prizes yet to be determined. There's a schedule actually listed with dates and track names. It's going to be a mix of single and heat race formats. And they run three times a week on Wednesdays, 2 p.m., 8 p.m., 10 p.m. Eastern. And it's the Legend Cars with fixed yeah fingers crossed i mean obviously nascar needs to get a younger audience as much as i love racing i don't want to see it die off because we don't change things and there's a reason why when you net watch a nascar race like 50 percent of the commercials are for cialis and viagra you know <laughs> it's old people that are watching it we've got to get some young people to um get involved i, I think it's a great idea Sounds perfect. But all the sponsors coming into the sport are all technology-based. Yeah, and that's what we want to see. 
Well, the, the only thing I could say I think will hinder it is if you are successful in this series and you go nowhere. I think that's going to be the biggest hurdle is, say, somebody comes in, they do an amazing job, they win every race, they're killing it, and then nothing ever happens and they just are stuck on iRacing. I feel like that's going to be the biggest hindrance is we have to get these successful people into cars. Right. Um, the price should be you. You're, they put you in a super late model or something. Yeah, but you know you can be the best at what you are or wherever you're in. Doesn't guarantee anything ever in life. You know, well, it's, you know, just because you know Ricky Stenhouse what won two championships in, um, in the Xfinity Xfinity series, he's only got Super Speedway wins in the Cup series and doesn't finish great other times like it doesn't always translate just moving up yeah yeah but i feel like you need the opportunity at least be able to watch somebody go like okay say david flowers gets his birth certificate fixed he kills it he goes to the next level he does okay he either disappears or keeps rising and keeps winning like you have to be able to see and follow i feel like as a fan of sim racing that person's progression to somewhere outside of sim racing Dave this week it's all about broadcast get it on NBC it's part of the TV package that's really where it all needs to end up to get to that point you know where you can do that yeah they got to get it up just being something where you you know Facebook live and all that stuff it has to be you got to get that general fan involved you know MRN broadcast NBC broadcast just like a regular race I think it'll help that Come NBC time, we're going to have an iRacer in the broadcast booth and Dale Jr. instead of Daryl oh, Waltrip yeah. that we have now. And he's <laughs> that's active that's again. Help. That's great news. All right, let's jump into the next topic, which is kind of related. NASCAR is up for sale, uh, according to Reuters, which is probably the one and only news source out there that's not fake news. Uh, Reuters is a more of a global uh, news source. And when they put out something, they you can trust it, and most people do. They say that they've been talking to Goldman Sachs about what is the series worth. Uh, if you recall, they recently bought ARCA, um, and everyone was puzzled about why. I bet you this is related. So they could say, oh, we're selling you you know, all of stock car racing in America. And until they bought ARCA, they really couldn't say that. And so now they can. And uh, the big question is, are the tracks included or not? Um, because obviously the bulk of the TV money goes to the tracks. The tracks, that's two different companies. That's outside of NASCAR. That's ISC and SMI. So there's a lot of unanswered questions. Uh, NASCAR has not really, you know, affirmed this, um, except saying they were in it for the long haul. Um, no f- comment from Brian France Jr., nothing. So where there's smoke, there's flames. What do you guys think? This is probably the the beginning of the end, right? Uh, well, um, th- this is probably just me living in my um, fantasy world again. But um, what I would like to see is NASCAR sell it to somebody that can market it to a younger audience. And whatever, when in the process of um, selling it off, I hope it breaks up whatever contract they have. With all these tracks, all these mile and a half tracks that we have to run at, 
you know, a hundred times a year. And maybe if that gets broken up and we can start going to, you know, swip, switch us a schedule and start going to 80% short tracks, then you're going to get a better audience. Yeah, they got to rebuild it somehow. Yeah, I mean, it's not, I mean, that that is, you can ask anybody who's a fan of NASCAR, and they're going to tell you that is a big problem with NASCAR, is they're tired of seeing these mile-and-a-half tracks. And from what I understand, NASCAR's hands are kind of tied. They can't change up the schedule too much because of the contracts with these racetracks. They need to, uh, they're going to need, probably the only thing that's going to be able to buy NASCAR to do something with it is going to be the same thing as F1 did. It's got to be like a media group. It's got to be something that's trying to, you know, they can make a whole bunch of technology to promote the sport instead of being just like a family-owned something like that would own a team. I don't follow F1 much, but um, they've done better since that purchase, correct? Yeah, yeah I think so. Bernie Ecclestein wasn't going to bring that any further than he got it. Yeah, well. I have to agree with that. I'm a big F1 fan, and... Towards the end there, Bernie was standing in the way of a lot of things, and they was bought by a media company, a company that's job is to promote, not do all the extra stuff, and that's what racing needs is promoters, and I feel like it could be bad, but I think there's going to be a lot of good opportunities for NASCAR if it goes well, because if we keep going the way we're going, it's just going to be the way it is. I think NASCAR doesn't ever go backwards even if they're wrong and i feel like losing some of that i would i would call maybe arrogance or whatever i would call it i feel like whoever owns it next can look at it from an outsider's perspective and think well why did we do this this way and why did we do this this way and let's change this and just have a new set of eyes you have the same people doing something over and over again for a long enough time i think that's not good for anything well, Brian France Jr. is an asshat, too. I mean, let's just be straight. Agreed. How do you feel, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I'll tell you how I felt. I, I did actually put it on Twitter, my reaction to this news. my And it was really a reaction uh, in emotion. But I put out, the France family decides to cash out. I'm sure Bill Sr. is rolling in his grave. Yikes. So that's how I felt about it. I just, you know, I, I think they are trying to cash out. They're gonna, they're looking to see if anyone is actually out there that wants to buy it. You know, if they can get $6 billion, you know, they've established their family for generations, you know. So i probably do the same thing. Who knows? I guess he's, you know, he probably would have been better off to cash out years ago. And right now it's well, exactly. the number that keeps minusing. But this, the point is, is if I owned NASCAR and you see the trajectory, you're like, well, I better cash out now while the cash is getting good. Because in three years from now, there ain't going to be nothing left. You know, five years, ten years from now, it's going to be gone. And I think that's why NASCAR is in the position it is today. I, if like, let's just say I win ten lottos and buy NASCAR – I don't care which way it's heading, it's which way can I make it head. And I feel like whether they're burnt out or whatever it may be, it's gotten stagnant. They're not trying new things, they're not trying, it's just, it is what it is, and that's the attitude, and I feel like that's the wrong and a bad attitude to have is, okay, what's wrong, how do we fix it, let's get this ship pointing in the right direction, and that's not what, that's not what is happening, and I think whoever buys it, needs to, like they're going to be looking forward 
not back of what it was. Like, let's make it better than it is now. And I think that's going to be a good mindset of whoever takes it over. Yeah. All right, let's move on. To, uh, uh, Tony, what do you got next? Yeah, uh, earlier this week, iRacing had some server issues on their U.S.-based servers. Uh, thankfully, it was uh, quickly resolved, and I had this all up here, and I even had some thoughts on it. And <laughs> Yeah, it was an IPv6 problem. If you were connecting with IPv6, uh, you had a problem, apparently. Yeah, yeah. Um, they... Uh, Somebody had suggested that they um, they have like an auto fallback to to, to go to the IPv4, um, and I guess they don't, but uh, they think it's a good idea. I kind of think so too. Um, yeah, maybe they should fix that. Yeah. So what they said there it is there um, uh, a VPN tunnel issue on their firewalls that somehow introduced a policy that was routing at least some of the IPv6 traffic to the wrong place. They're still investigating how that came to be, but the errant policy has been removed and the IPv6 traffic appears to be flowing properly now. Uh, very sorry for all the troubles. So, yeah, they they found the problem and looks like they they fixed most of it or fixed all of it and continuing to, to work on it so it doesn't happen again. So this IPv6 stuff is kind of a mystery to me. I mean, I understand what it is, but... How do I get? How do I use it? If I decide I want to use that to connect iRacing, I think all my equipment I have is says it's IPv6 capable, but I'm not sure exactly how to make it. You know where it's, I'm actually using it. Do I need to call my cable company? Do I need to flip a switch somewhere? I don't get it. Well, I'm glad you got a good understanding on it because uh, it's all Chinese to me. Um, if I log on, it doesn't work. I just swear a lot, um, and that seems <laughs> to be. That, that's my solution. I think it might have to be related to the, um, when you kind of set up your account, when you put in the type of internet you have, I think that's how it might decide, like, which server to go with. Like, can their speed handle this server? If not, let's put them on this server. Well, my my understanding is your computer has to be communicating to with your ISP over ipv6 like if you go to your network connection and hit right click properties you'll see it's connected with ipv4 typically you can have v6 installed but if the connection is actually through the v4 so that's what i'm saying i don't know how to change that part of it but all right let's go to hardware uh will you're next yeah so we actually have a really nice looking button box here from how do I pronounce this? SimLogic? Um, it's not loading up on my screen here. There we go. So it's a really nice button box. It looks like as you could have it designed for iRacing specifically. And it will give you everything you need as far as black box controls, pass left, pass right buttons, relative standing. So uh, it's a really nice high-end looking button box based out of, somewhere out of Europe. Um, it's a beautiful, beautiful button box. Yeah. Wow. Well, it's got like the, uh, you know, like a joystick type thing there to run through and make selections on your button box. It's got uh, dials and toggles and, um, you know, it's got absolutely everything you need on here. Brake bias, is... the knob. 
I like how the how it uh, is just mapped out. You know, it's it's easy on the eyes. Yeah, it's laid out well, isn't it? Like everything has got a it's a, a good spot and it's important stuff. Everything listed. I guess uh, this box is already programmed for David. It's already got the sorry button on the bottom. Yeah, you got little uh, push buttons for thank you, sorry, etc. Well, yeah, that looks pretty nice. What's the price? It is from France. Two fifty-five, whatever euros. There you go. That's not too bad. I mean, and the quality is it. It is very high in quality. It's got a carbon fiber front. Really nice labeling. Um, Just did the, a quick conversion. That's three hundred and three U.S. dollars. Wow, it's a lot for a button box, but a website is simlogic-shop.com. Paying for the quality, it looks like the quality and the, the the craftsmanship, like the time for it, though. That you know, to have it thought out the way it is. Most times, it's just a box, and you, you know, you got to sure do your you own labels, yeah, or whatever. Yeah, very nice, very nice. Okay, next topic. Uh, David Tucker, who works for iRacing, actually put up a video on his personal YouTube page. You can find him on YouTube at David Tucker about how to map all the knobs and everything on the new Fanatec McLaren GT3 rim. And it can be a little tricky, and he has a little workaround. I did check the video out. Uh, there's a... There's a, a button where you can do conjunction buttons where you can turn this thing to sub-level 1 and then your other buttons will have one feature and then you switch it to sub-level 2 and then you have other features on those same buttons. And he shows how to program that into the iRacing sim uh, so that's mapped correctly. And so without this video, you would probably never figure out how to do it. That wheel is ridiculous. I know I would never figure out how to do it. Did you watch it? <laughs> it's nuts. I'm, uh, yeah. I've been following this wheel since it came, since I got my uh, Fanatic base, and uh, I'll be purchasing this uh, rim just before the Le Mans. I want to use it with our Le Mans 24 hours. You need to definitely uh, bookmark this page then, because you'll need to figure out how to map all your buttons. This This wheel's been... And works. It's I think it's like one of the last rims that they've been working on before they bring out their uh, podium series uh, direct drive base. Yeah, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm waiting for that to see the cost in it. I really want to go with the Fanatec, but I want direct drive, so I'm waiting. Just because they have wheels of this caliber, I like to do um, a mixture of racing, and I'm not good at any of them, but I would like to have a wheel that matched. Just um, this is a really amazing looking wheel. As, ever since I've got my rim, I, I love the uh, Anatec series. Both rims that I have for it are top-notch quality. I think my dream wheel is a, a direct drive with a Max Pappas wheel, an oval wheel. That's the other wheel I want to get for this one is the big oval wheel that Fnatic has, but it's expensive. Yeah, I think it's you're better off. Like I've looked into it just buying the Universal Hub and then buying that Max Pappas wheel second. Yeah, I already have the hub, so I guess I should just look into that. All right, Chris, what's next? Uh, next, is... <laughs> you would give me this one. So next we have um, a, a new um, racing motion platform. 
<laughs> from uh, Next Level. And I, I was, I'm sorry, I was laughing because I was actually looking at this and I was talking to my wife and I, I showed it to her and she just didn't even look at it. She just looked at the price and then she started going all Louisiana on me and scared me. I don't think I'm uh, going to be getting this thing. But well, what's God, the price? Nice. $3,000. But it is a, on sale. You are saving $600 right now. This thing is really $3,600, it says. <laughs> you so did you're... point that out to your wife, right? That that you are saving that 600 bucks. I, yeah, like I that's... didn't get that far. <laughs> that's a 17% savings. That's huge. Exactly. <laughs> that's yeah. enough money to buy a new will. All right. L- let me describe for our audio listeners what we're talking about. This is a base for a, a seat. So you mount your seat on top of this, and this platform moves the seat about right exactly and this one has all the bells and whistles and it's got a usb cord that you just plug it in right it's ridiculous three grand the only thing i could think it would be weird about this is your seats moving but your wheels and pedal aren't like how much does it move is it more for vibration or is it to kind of simulate the g-force i just feel like that would be a something different to get used to. Well, the way you would mount it to your rig is it would make the entire rig move. So your your wheels and stuff would be mounted to the rig, and then the, everything would all move together, um, kind of like you were in a cockpit. There's so many different ways you can do uh, motion, but I, I think you're onto something. I mean, I think the proper way is where the whole cockpit is motion. The the monitors, the pedals, the wheel, everything moves with you. See, when I see this, what I see is a seat mount on the bottom where it mounts where your seat currently is. Yeah, just the seat moves. That's it. Yeah. I don't, yeah, that's I what don't this think one you is. can make this thing strong enough to move the whole rig. Right. So your, yeah. your pedal and everything, your pedals and your wheel will be stationary. It'd be weird. You're right. I don't see how that would work at all if that's the case. I'd like to point out that uh, I just went and checked the reviews, and there is there is one review, and the, and the title of it is is the best my husband thinks it's awesome (laughs) (laughs) well yeah it is pretty cool i'm not even gonna come make a comment there i had a smart one i'm not gonna make it well three grand uh all right what's next uh tony Uh oh sorry i was too busy laughing at that review um uh looks like we got uh sim SQ shifter and analog handbrake by um oh, I'm gonna butcher this name AIO logs yeah, that's what it looks like um yeah, yeah it's pretty cool looking it's shifter yeah it looks like a, a full metal uh full metal build um really nicely tooled and and uh, put together, it looks really, really solid. Um, yeah, clamp system, it looks like. Uh, it's a small box. It's not too oversized. It's all metal, like you said. And he he shows off a video here where he has uh, rubber bands where he's pulling on the uh, shifter with the rubber bands so you can kind of get a sense of the pressure it takes to actually shift it. Yeah, now, something I noticed there on the top, they got a nice little uh, view window um, so you can see all the, me- the mechanical parts inside moving and stuff as you shift. And 
Uh, it looks like it might even have a little bit of backlighting uh, on the inside of that. So kind of a, a neat little thing. Now, I don't. this is just the video that we've got up here. I was kind of looking to see if we get a price on these things or yeah, I haven't uh, found a little it for more sale. information. Yeah, they have a, this is a, a Facebook page. Now they have a website. I think it's AIOlogs.net. They actually have a little, what looks like a Facebook shop. Uh, uh, has it for $160. Yeah, and I checked out their uh, website and it says St. Petersburg, Russia. Shipping worldwide, 45 US dollars. Well, that seems to be quite a reasonable price. Um, like these things do look pretty slick. Oh, it just says shipping is forty-five. It doesn't say the cost. Yeah, right. Uh, right at the shop there, the the handbrake version three is one hundred and sixty, and the sequential shifter is also one hundred and sixty. Oh, I see. Still, I mean, that for a, a quality shifter like that, that's all metal. It's going to have a realistic feel to it. I mean, that's not too bad. No, no, I'm quite surprised. I was expecting it to be a little bit higher than that. Yeah, we've seen them higher than that, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, check it out. The website I'm on is uh, AIOlogs.net. All right, let's get into the next topic. Uh, where real... Life racers uh, meet up in the iRacing world. Max Verstappen from Formula One put out on his Twitter, eat, sleep, train, game, repeat, hashtag keep pushing. And he posted two photos, one of him working out and uh, doing exercise, and another of him in his uh, racing sim rig running laps on iRacing. Man, that's a sick rig, but... Uh... He has a play seat just like I have that I'm racing. Yeah, he's got a play seat. It's hard to tell what kind of wheel that is and pedals, though. It, it looks like a direct drive, maybe a custom. And he's been taking a beating the last couple of weeks, too. With uh, If you see on his Twitter account there, too, he's taking a beating even though he's just posting about training and stuff. Yeah, he's had some rough couple weeks of racing, but that um, Mike made note of the field of view he's using. That is phenomenal. He, he's got it perfect, doesn't he? I, I, I did point that out because I'm always anal about that, but he has the perfect triple monitor set up. He's got the, those side monitors angled as much as you can literally angle them. And the other thing to take note about when you look at that picture on his Twitter Notice where his eyeballs are and notice where the edge of the outer monitors are. And you can literally draw a line between them, all th those three things. And that's how you know you got, you're close enough, you have the correct FOV, and it really becomes peripheral vision at that point and w when you get it dialed in perfectly. And I love this triple monitor stand that he's using. It looks so rock solid and completely disconnected from the play seat uh, cockpit it's not touching in any way uh and i've been looking for a better triple monitor mount that one certainly looks nice do you notice that it's 
two legs one side, two legs on the other, and there's nothing in the middle so that the seat can go under it? Yeah, his feet are under the middle monitor. Well, mine are too uh, on my rig right now. I mean, my knees are literally underneath the middle uh, monitor on my kneecaps. What I'm saying it's like the middle one's being supported by the outside too. There's nothing holding the center at all. I know. That's what I was saying. It's completely not touching the rig. How is that? Uh, how are they mounting those? There's some kind of special monitor. You can kind of see the back of one of them on the left. And it looks like the way it's mounted uh, with this big old bolts or studs or something. Maybe it has four studs. They almost look like curved TVs. Um, yeah, a little curve to them, yeah. And you can kind of tell it throws off the mirror on the car with that oddball curve. Yeah, another reason not to get curved. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. It looks like it would have been the absolute perfect rig as far as his field of view without a curved display because that's the only gaps or uh, distortions you see is because of that stupid curve. And I think he needs to be a little bit closer to the center monitor too. Just a call little. And tell him that. Just six inches. Yeah, you, you need to understand this is not Mike Ellis approved. If you want the Mike yeah, Ellis, yeah, you know Max Verstappen. I'm sorry, dude, you got it wrong. <laughs> He's gonna hit you with his wallet and you'll be knocked out. He won't have to listen to you. <laughs> okay, uh, Chris, you got a final topic. Sorry, I was still looking at his uh, picture there. Um, so the next is um, another uh, real iRacer um, sharing his rig with us. Um, I'm not familiar with this guy, Craig Lowndes. Well, if you're from Australia, you know he's a, a super a super V8 car driver. Yeah, yeah. Don't follow the series, but I was actually I know I know he doesn't have the he might be a little bit too far back. He doesn't have the great field of view, but his dash is freaking awesome. How bad do you want to have a custom thing when you actually have to put uh, material like that on it? Yeah, it's really cool. I mean, it's completely pointless, and it's probably putting a bunch of heat into his equipment he doesn't need, but it sure does look nice. It's got like a leather, a leather on it, or you know, like a actual car dash, like it's a Cadillac suede or leather. Yeah, and it's kind of got the same kind of material. He's made like a kind of like a sunshield on top of the monitors too. It's really cool. Yeah, I think, yeah, that's the only thing I've seen. It looks really cool, but I wonder if he's got, like, some fans in the back or something there, because it seems like that would make your, your wheel get hot. Sparko wheel. It's hard to yeah. tell what dash that is. Like, what, it's got to be a direct drive. Yeah, it's definitely direct drive, but it's, yeah, it's hard to tell exactly what it is. Again, he's not close enough to his monitors. <laughs> <laughs> he does not have the Mike Ellis FOB seal of approval. Well, see, see the line from his eyeball to the edge of the monitor. It's not a line, and yeah, he so he's not close enough. Back. It's got a. I mean, you can just look at that picture and and just say, how does that not feel like you're driving from the back seat? Right. Well, Mike made a comment about my back seat driving the other day too. Oh, on your stream. <laughs> Yeah, it looked like you were driving from the back seat. Uh, your FOV was so far back. Now, do you really drive like that, or was that some kind of visual thing because of the broadcast? Uh, no, that's how I, that's how I do it. It's because I like to be able to see out of the left side a little bit. Dang. I use it for restarts. I challenge you to get the correct FOV 
and drive like that and you'll see you'll be faster. Okay, I'll leave a lane too so I can get Challenge. my cars. <laughs> yeah, that's the nice thing about VR. You don't have to mess with that. That thing's strapped to your face. Yeah, you can't screw that up, can you? Yep, the headset has a 110 field of view, and that's what I use in the sim. All right, let's get into final thoughts. Chris Scales, what do you got? Uh, just excited for Kansas. Um, I haven't ran there before. Uh, not really excited about the broken part of the track. I would be really cool if we could kind of run the whole track instead of up top, um, like I'm hearing it's supposed to be ran. But aside from that, I'm ready to go. Uh, I did have one final thought, but I'm going to pass it on to Greg, because it was actually him that let us know about it, and I don't know if he looked up the guy that had uh, um, told him about it, but the, the engine deal there, Greg. Go uh, go past me for one sec. I'll look up the name. Just give me a sec. Yeah, but that's about all I have. Okay. All right, very good. Uh, Tony Gross, final thoughts. Yeah, well, um, I'd like to throw a, a shout out to uh, one of our listeners, Clay Wagner. He's uh, he sent us a, a a bunch of stuff that we've we've covered over the show, and uh, well, he sent us a a topic uh, or a week or so ago, and uh, unfortunately, it just uh, it fell to the uh, editing room floor, the cutting room floor, I guess you would call it. Um, but uh, I just wanted to, to shout out and, and thank him for uh, the stuff he does send us and hope he continues to do so. Um, other than that, my, uh, my, my, <laughs> my race, I think I got one start last week. I don't even remember it. Um, <laughs> this week, kind of looking about the same thing, getting, getting another butt whooping in real life. Uh, but it is what it is. Um, I'd like to, uh, get a start at Kansas and I'm going to shoot for it. Just don't know when I'm going to be able to get her in. Um, but things should be, uh, settling down and I should be able to get some, uh, more than, you know, maybe a one start a week type deal. But, uh, um, been having a lot of fun anyways, uh, listening to all the, uh, all the bantering back and forth on the, on the messenger. Um, <laughs> it's been, uh, it's been a very, very entertaining week. Thanks guys. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the team's been gelling, and we've been having a lot of fun uh, running these races. All right, uh, William Gibson, final thoughts? I just want to thank everybody that came out to the race we hosted. Um, it didn't go exactly according to plan, but it was still a ton of fun for us, and hopefully it was for you guys. Um, I plan on hosting some more here in the upcoming weeks. I'm just waiting for my work schedule to kind of settle. Um, I had a race, race home from work tonight. Got here with like two minutes to spare to make the show, but just want to thank everybody out there that supports the podcast, the Twitter, the show, everything we do. It's um really cool and been having a lot of fun. And hopefully once work gets kind of rescheduled, I can start making those Wednesday, Wednesday races a little bit more. So a lot of fun coming up. Cool, cool. All right, Greg Hector's final thoughts. Okay, so I found the name. His name is Brendan Skinner. He's from Australia. Um, he let me know when a race that I had this week already. Uh, cool tip. Um, I don't. None of us on the team knew it, so I don't know if it's uh, it's been publicized in the forums. But if you push in the clutch and watch the car idle, it's supposed to idle at 1,200 RPM. And I guess if uh, you have a little bit of damage, it'll start idling lower than 1,200 RPM, and uh, it will uh, indicate you have at least some damage, and it'll be slower down the straightaways. Um, so that's a good tip to uh, just push in your clutch, see what it's idling at, and you know. Um, my final thoughts for the week: um, 
I'm just going to get back to racing. It's a little bit more hectic in the household now with the two now that I have two girls, a newborn here and a three-year-old, but we're getting through. Um, wife's recovering, so I just want to get back in the swing of things. I'll be off the next two weeks from work, so probably get to race a lot more as long as I'm on baby duty. Um, but it's been a good week, and uh, I'm really liking where we're going here, and the team's been really been really entertaining on Messenger. So thanks, guys. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Uh, all right, my final thoughts is, uh, boy, I backed up uh, last week's results with this week's results at Dover with a second and a third. I'm so proud of that after, you know, I always do well at restrictor plates, but I had a fiasco at Talladega with, you know, connection problems. After all that, to get, you know, two weeks in a row that with some good finishes is, is just really nice and good for the uh, confidence around here. And so, yeah, looking forward to, you know, this next week and see if I can keep uh, keep it going. So we'll have to see. Uh, with that, you know, uh, hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. You know, send us your story links if you want. Uh, as, 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 you know, Tony said, sometimes the, we get too much content that can fit into the podcast. So things do get cut. But thank you to Will for being that editor-in-chief of the podcast so we can actually fit it into a reasonable amount of time because there is so much going on in iRacing. Uh, sometimes we can't even talk about all of it. It's crazy. So with that, we'll see you later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure to go subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.